Welcome. This is the Change Creator Podcast. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Change Creator Podcast Show. This is your host, Adam Force. I hope everybody's doing well and uh, making out okay during all these crazy times with the uh, political unrest and the um, coronavirus. We are definitely living through some uh, important times in history here. <laughs> so if you missed the last episode of the show, it was with Dan Hill. Uh, this was a really unique and interesting conversation. We spoke about reading facial expressions. Uh, this is really telling. It's pretty powerful. So Dan Hill also wrote the book Famous Faces Decoded. So we kind of dive into all this really interesting stuff and he gives lots of tips for you to keep an eye out. So when you're on those sales calls, you have something to uh, think about. <laughs> okay, and that brings us to our next guest. We're gonna be talking today with Jim Lawless and he's actually a top level, or I should say top ranking team coach of choice for a lot of senior leadership teams around the world. And he's been um, you know, the designer of high performance and change in global organizations, governments, Olympic teams for two decades now, which is a pretty darn long time. So he's been doing this for a while, has a lot of experience. Um, he's actually ranked number six globally and number one outside of the US by global gurus in their 2020 ranking of motivational speakers, which is pretty cool. Um, and he's really inspired a ton of people around the world, all right? And through his workshops and keynote, he does a lot of talks and things like that. But he also has a best-selling book called Taming Tigers. Um, and that's something you might want to check out. Um, he's got a lot of great insights. Today, we're going to be talking with Jim about overcoming fear and how to operate with risk, all right? And he has a lot of interesting background because he um, became like a free diver, and this is some, it's a really interesting sport. <laughs> and I haven't ever t spoken to anybody who has done something like this, but it is, talk about overcoming fear. I mean, going and through that process is really, um, it's, it's something that not a lot of people can really do. So we're going to dive into lots of different dynamics here and, and tackle this topic of fear. And one key thing we notice with a lot of people when it comes to fear that holds them back, they will say things like, I'm not ready yet because, or, you know, my business isn't ready yet because, and they're not, they're not ready. What they're saying is they're not ready to invest in something for themselves, uh, for themselves. And a lot of times that is, that is just a sign that you are making up reasons to avoid the risk, right? You don't believe in what you're doing enough to actually move forward. Um, and I say this because it is, when you say you're not ready, that is not a circumstantial uh, thing. It is a decision. You're deciding that you're not ready. It's not the situation or the circumstance. It's actually the decision. So when we're not getting the results we need for our business, that's not the time to hold back. <laughs> that is the time to reach out for help. That is the time to get fresh perspective because we have to kind of step into a new role of who we are. Um, if we want to get where we want to go. And if we don't know what that looks like, it's really hard. There's going to be a lot of trial and error. So working with people who do know what it looks like can help you get there a lot faster. We've noticed this with so many entrepreneurs who have disconnects um, and we don't want them to lose their businesses because we're here to, to make a difference in the world here at Change Creator, right? So, you know, when your messaging is not connecting with people, 
this is going to be a big problem. And so this is where we focus on with uh, really supporting your business by putting storytelling at the heart of your marketing in an authentic way, right? To really build trust and finally get those consistent sales. So you can stop by, you can get on our wait list right now to enroll in the Captivate Method. You'll get a chance to check out our masterclass, learn a ton more about it. Um, I think you guys will have a lot of fun with it and it's gonna be super valuable because it's not a course. This is a program with a full coaching experience, right? So you could think of this as a mastermind um, and it's going to take you from point A to point B way faster. And you're going to be in a community of people who are your tribe, right? All right, guys, without further ado, let's jump into this conversation with Jim Lawless. Okay, show me the heat. I know you're going to dig this. Hey, Jim, welcome to the Change Creator Podcast show. How are you doing today? Adam, it's a great pleasure. I'm very well, thank you. Very well. Excellent, excellent. Um, you know, you have a pretty, pretty interesting and intense background from free diving to uh, steering leadership at some of the biggest uh, brands around the world. So give us a little bit of a snapshot of kind of like what's going on in your world today and, and, and how you got there. Sure. Uh, I, I, I qualified as a corporate lawyer, uh, worked in the city of London doing mergers and acquisitions work. I uh, left that world at about the age of 29 and I began to work in communications and communications drew me into change uh, and change communications. Change drew me into um, uh, speaking about that topic and studying it more deeply and then beginning to get really interested in the human the human aspect of change which I don't think we've given very much attention to to be quite honest how we how we ask people more and more to um, go into uh, uncertainty and risk and to adapt at a pace that humans aren't uh, naturally equipped to adapt at, but we don't ever teach the skill of adaptation. So I think we're seeing a lot of issues come out from that. My world is working with that on the broadest sense and then working with organizations and senior teams um, and individuals to assist them come together and, and deliver change. Hmm. So what, what kind of gaps are you, do you think? Like you mentioned that we don't teach certain things around adaptation and change. Um, can you give an example or two of the types of gaps that are missing and, and maybe how they start um, over how we start overcoming them? Uh, sure. So we've we've all been raised uh, for the industrial age uh, to, to get it right first time to the satisfaction of an authority figure who can define right and. And I've got two daughters, um, one's aged uh, six and one's aged 22. And don't ask, it's a story for another day. <laughs> and, um, and they're both, of course, absolutely wonderful. My 22-year-old, uh, now at uh, university in the UK, studying biochemistry, having been completely trained to get it right first time to the satisfaction of her, her authority figure, which she, she, she does admirably. She's now having to adapt um, into, a, into a different environment. Uh, and that's causing her some interesting uh, discussions. My six-year-old, she's going to be trained in exactly the same way. Get it right first time for the boss, uh, but with um, but with swiping uh, and and digital tools to help her get it right. Yeah. So whilst they might be digital natives, uh, they're they're not um, they're not in any way trained for uh, a disruptive, uncertain age. They're being trained in many ways more than my generation was. So going to school in the 80s, where there was still a good degree of risk and experimentation that was it was safe and possible for us to undertake. So we are asking people to go into risk and uncertainty that's all that changes uh, and um, we are not 
uh, teaching people to uh, do that. You asked then, uh, that's, that's the, the broad picture as yeah. I see it. Yeah. Uh, and, and there are two sides to that. One is management and organizations creating environments where it is possible and safe. So we get into the buzz phrase of psychological safety, um, which is an important phrase. Uh, 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 so how do managers do that in a world where they were told to be the boss figure and make sure everyone got it right first time historically and how does the individual who's received no training start taking risks when their job's on the line and so we go around saying but you mustn't fear failure embrace failure and fail faster which i personally don't have a lot of time for in any event but <laughs> but is utterly meaningless when the the big boss says that from a stage uh, and somebody who's going to get fired if they don't hit target is listening thinking but well, this doesn't translate to the world that i that you require me to inhabit yeah. so we've got some real disconnects now when it comes to then what are we not teaching people what are the gaps um even just the emotional awareness of what it feels like to go through change what what is going to happen to the body when you, so we, we mistake um the sensation we get, which are of fear and anxiety, when we leave this famous comfort zone, we mistake those for genuine immediate threat. We're unable to query ourselves and ask, why is this happening? Why is my heart racing? How can I work through this situation alone or with others to understand me as a machine as I go through uncertainty, risk, and change, uh, um, which, for example, is a key task for the free diver. Uh, yeah. We may or may not get back to that, but that's why I was fascinated to go to that. Well, that's why I went to horse racing to sit on a thoroughbred racehorse so I could experiment with this within myself um, rather than just, just talk about it or study it. But we don't help people understand that process. Therefore, they can't control it. They can't rein it back in. And therefore, they can't go through change. Hmm. Interesting. And I love that you just kind of defined it so simply changes risk and uncertainty. What does it feel like? And, you know, as you were saying that, I'm like, so as people today, we have these, um, I guess, like these definitions in our mind, which, like you said, what you talk about on stage is not applying to the people in the reality that they live in. And it made me think about when we were young and I'm like, you know, we get up, we fall down as a toddler, we get up, we fall, we fail constantly, but we never think twice about that risk of falling down or getting up. We're not afraid of it at that point. So it seems like it's something that we're taught over time um, to fear risk and uh, change. And it sounds like maybe you're saying that this is, this is the industrial thinking so it is it is through a process of how we learn and when we grow up so is that am i making sense you know what i'm saying like how we i don't feel like we have those barriers when we're young is that true or do you think we've always have that fear no we don't have those barriers when we're young with but we but we we acquire them um very early on uh I was raised a Catholic under a very strict school, and uh, and so I learned to fear making mistakes very, very yeah, early right. on in my in my, uh, in my life, and how to keep quiet and sit at the back and not put forward my own unique and innovative ideas on things. So uh, so so we learned this very on. I think as adults we have to. That's why I'm not keen on the don't fear failure. Uh, we we take bets. You know we have to take bets, and that can be a bet with an environment at work. And I can I can. Negotiate with my boss in very real sense about like I can try this new thing that you're talking about, but it may have this consequence. Are we okay with that, boss? Uh, so we can we can 
define parameters of failure and agree the downside of the bet, what happens if, if we don't pull this off. Um, and, uh, and we have to, any innovative organization is having those um, conversations on an almost algorithmic level at, at, at senior exec level. Then, then we, we, in, in any area of change, we're going to be placing these bets. We have to assess downside, either alone or with others or with spouses or with business partners or with boss. If the downside's acceptable, um, we, we proceed. If it's not, we don't. And that's why I, I get, I get in, into tangles with don't fear failure and embrace it. It might be okay if, uh, if, you're, a, if you're a Silicon Valley billionaire. Um, <laughs> yeah. For me personally, I've got I've got a young a, a young daughter, uh, and um, there's a, there's a level of risk of failure beyond which I will not I'm not willing to tolerate sure. uh, for for good reason, you know. So uh, um, so I think we, we we need to have adult conversations about what don't fear failure means. But I I, I think we do learn it earlier uh, early on. I think we have it in us within for good reason. It's an evolutionary force. That is, that is asking us to resist change. Change equals risk and uncertainty. That equals danger to us. It's an evolutionary uh, wiring, an ancient wiring that fires up, and it does require our obedience, uh, but it does not, if we can understand it, uh, sorry, it requires our attention, but it does not, if we can understand it, require our obedience. We can override it gotcha. when intellectually we believe and can see that that is a good thing to do. I don't think we're teaching people how to do that. Yeah, I mean, and so, I mean, it sounds like you feel there's probably just a shift in how we're educating youth in order to be better prepared, um, I guess, to take on this stuff. Because, you know, I think there's a lot of, you know, fixing around the schools and stuff like that. So as we think about entrepreneurship, you know, we're not really being taught to become our best self per se and be creative. You know, one of the most popular Ted talks is how schools like, you know, destroy creativity in kids. Right. So it's like, this sounds like there's just evolu evolutionary shifts that are necessary to help people understand and I guess better embrace these types of things. Does that sound right? Yeah, I think so. But 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 we're never too late to learn. I mean, I teach this sure. in, in in organisations, uh, and in a, a one hour keynote where I can set up the the basic concepts and constructs, and and we'll talk about really simple ideas like going to approach a, a powerful or an attractive uh, other human being, and the and the emotions we go through just in facing that risk and uncertainty. Yeah consequences are of doing that which are totally manageable but we don't we don't want to tolerate them uh, and how we can look to override that risk that fear of risk and, and still carry on with with that uh, with that task if we decide that's not, i mean very simple ways of sure. helping people understand this emotional challenge what happens when we leave the comfort zone um, we don't even talk about it do we? we don't we don't have a name for that place we say leave the comfort zone but we <laughs> never say where you go or how to survive mapless when you're outside it but it is totally mappable uh, in terms of how we can negotiate and navigate uh, but but uh, I, I in an hour on the stage people are totally au fait with the principles and within two hours of workshopping and planning um, next steps afterwards they've, they've got a plan which is it, it doesn't take long but we just don't do it we've always focused on the leadership community and got them to um to, to sort of mix up some metaphors here of, of, of stephen covey talking about about uh, sharpening saws, it, it seems we've always made the the leadership arm that that moves the saw up and down stronger and stronger, and teaching how to drive change and tell people their icebergs have melted or their cheese has moved. And what we've <laughs> never done 
is, is helped all those little teeth to sharpen. You know, all the little people, the you's and the me's, the cellular level of the organization to understand how they can each do the new stuff that we're asking them to do. So instead of just scaring them ever more with these metaphors, um, why why can't we help people to understand what how they can move to do things they've never done before, which is all that change is at a yeah. cellular cellular level in the organization. Right, right. So I, I like the um, example you gave of approaching, you know, a powerful or good looking, you know, person. And, you know, we all like clam up and get so nervous to like approach a girl yeah. or a guy or whatever. And really yeah. in that situation, it's not like you're risking your your life. You're not risking all your money. <laughs> it's just like and we still won't even tolerate that fear of what rejection. Right. And that's because the system, the process, the physical process that we never get taught about takes over, doesn't it? And and, and, and you and I and anyone listening immediately, uh, if we had uh, measuring equipment on now, our, our heart rates would be increasing just by the contemplation of this. And because we don't understand the bet, the consequences and why our system is reacting as it is, we move back. You just put your finger on it that there's nothing actually at risk here. There's only three types of harm a human being can come to physical uh, security, i.e. economic uh, or, or, um, or, or, or reputational. Of course, we're yeah. facing reputational harm, which is why most people would rather rather go out and play a game of American football than than give a presentation. Right. Because one's. <laughs> It's got physical damage written all over it. But however, the other uh, has got uh, reputational damage, which historically, of course, is much more dangerous to us. So being excluded from the community a long time ago was yeah. seriously bad news. So, so we do, once we can understand what, what it is that our whole body and subconscious mind is, is, is protecting us from, we can intellectually take the risk. So there's a constant fight between the, the frontal cortex, where the executive decision making, the, the human ability to postpone gratification to um, to want to make a contribution to want to build to, to 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 leave legacy all of that happening in the frontal cortex all of that requires going into places of uncertainty and risk and then we've got this massive evolutionary system saying don't go there Adam and, as, and unless we can understand how to use that piece of kit uh, and override it when necessary requires our attention not our obedience we can't move forward so 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 everything you described there is is absolutely accurate we, we don't want to go and make that interaction why what's at risk and how do i override my physical body which is saying run away run away yeah and i mean like as an entrepreneur there's obviously an entire journey of unknown so i mean if you if you can't yeah. <laughs> if you can't figure this out and you know we always say take calculated risks like to your point there's things you will tolerate that um you know you have a family and stuff that you have to concern yourself about so you have a tolerance level for a certain um ex extremeness of risk and i think as entrepreneurs I'm, I'm just trying to align this here because it's like well we do have to put money in the machine and invest or take a chance on ourselves and believe in ourselves and there's going to be things that work out and things that don't. Um, and one of the things that has helped me overcome certain blocks over many years is really to stop looking at it and saying, oh, this costs a lot and I'm worried about this loss. And I started really just saying, what's the return on the investment that I, I can get here and just seeing, you know, is it worth it to me or not? Um, and that has made a big shift for me. So I'm curious if you have any thoughts on the application of, you know, the types of fear we face as entrepreneurs and some of the steps we can consider or think about so we can intellectually take the risk. 
Yeah, sure. I, you know, we we, we went into uh, nitty gritties, I guess, earlier on. So let's 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 come back up for a moment. I think before to to, to address that, we 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 hold the pen. We're writing the story, the story of our lives, which will touch potentially millions, even if we don't set up IBM, still going to touch potentially, potentially millions of people. Uh, and, and we write that through our decisions and our actions and our results every day. Yeah. What is the story that we want to write during what is a very brief, uh, I mean, long enough to do great things, but a, a relatively brief time we get uh, in the worlds of Cat Stevens to, to dance uh, <laughs> on the planet. And, and so that, that becomes, I think, the, the driving, the driving um, force for many of us who are entrepreneurs. And, and whilst I, I work in the business I do, I don't produce widgets. I, I'm very much an entrepreneur and uh, set up my own business many years ago. So, so I, I, that, that I think is the driving force. What's my contribution? What do I want to make? And we have to keep a sight of that. And then within that, we decide what, what am I willing to tolerate in terms of risk along the way? And what am I willing to tolerate in terms of not dones? And this is really important because um, the, 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 the flip side of taking a risk and doing something, of course, is, is not doing anything what does that tack take me on what's that that compass direction where, where what's the destination of that if i don't act and take the risk and that's something again we can we cannot take into um in, into account and that's very live for the moment i don't know uh, the ins and outs of uh, what's happening in the united states at the moment with sure. um coronavirus at the risk of, of, of dating um this uh, this podcast by by going there but at, at the time of recording we're in the middle of it in the uk big debates about how if we don't um the cost of not intervening heavily in the economy is actually going to be far out we, it, it, we'll multiply if we don't the the the, the cost will be bigger um uh, in terms of the wreckage caused if we don't uh, take out loans and and try and preserve the economy through this period so there's always the cost uh, uh, both economically but also um, in terms of life possibility to, to not acting uh, and then the the other element which becomes really important in assessing this risk is is our perception and of course we we sense the world and we we have a perception of risk According to that, so most of the the inspirational um, uh, uh, slash self help literature goes to places like uh, well you know never forget that uh, um, the Walt Disney was sacked as a journalist and told he'd never amount to anything and Fred Astaire you know can't sing can't act can dance a little and um, uh, and so we, we we tend to try and tell stories to ourselves to remind. Um, to mind ourselves that when we look at other great success stories, they didn't start there. You know, there were setbacks. So when we come to don't fear failure, let's let's not fear failure that we have assessed as tolerable, uh, and let's let's take those risks that we have agreed the downside we will live with if it should come to pass. Mm -hmm. Then let's fight really hard against it. Let's work really hard and make things happen, um, uh, 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 and move forward. But let's let's uh, have those in mind as entrepreneurs as we move forward. And I think one last thing is that we are in a rush at the moment. So everybody wants to have made it before they've paid their dues. 
And good luck to you. Good luck to you if you can do it. <laughs> but I've not found the shortcut. And I'm watching everybody do it. And, and I'm not seeing them having found the shortcut. And I know Mr. Zuckerberg, you know, got it right first time. Uh, was it Harvard or Stanford? I can't remember. Harvard. was uh, the Facebook. Thank you. Um, but, 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 hey, maybe there was a bit of luck in that. I don't know. But so uh, that's, that's not going to be extrapolated across the population of entrepreneurs. You know, so we are going to take time. And maybe we need to go back uh, uh, and, um, and pay our dues somewhere to learn the trade before we come out. Yeah. I set up a retail shop. I missed this chapter when I came out of law. I, I thought I'll set up a shop selling environmentally <laughs> friendly goods to save the planet at the age of uh, around 30. Uh, and I went bust real fast. I should have gone and worked in retail for a while. I didn't know anything about it. I was just an hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jim, did I lose you? I'm still here. Oh. Oh, I thought you oh, sorry, I paused. I paused for you. <laughs> oh, I was just laughing. Yeah, no, it's true. If people don't pay their dues, it is, you know, we hear this a lot, especially from early stage entrepreneurs who are getting started. And, you know, they're like, well, I don't have the money for this or that. I'm like, well, the reality is you will probably have to straddle two worlds for a while. Or, you know what I mean? Like, you're going to have to have a way to fund your ideas. And that means probably working another job and then building your dream on the side until you can, you know, shift over. Um, but, we also like for me just as an example i tested out just like you like i started stuff for um you know, like hemp water bottle business trying to help with plastic pollution or a rainforest advocacy group and all these different things and i actually ended up doing a lot of volunteer work in order to get familiar because these were new fields this is not where i had my corporate experience and then i put my corporate experience which is digital marketing and media and it came out to change creator and that made life a lot easier when i wasn't starting from scratch again yeah completely yeah. I, I i and it's and it's so i will get 21 year olds writing to me saying um i i, I want to be a speaker and uh how, how should i do it and i said well just give us give us a call in in 10 years and i'll stay in touch in the meantime and give us a call in 10 years because because there's, you're going to have to have something to speak about and you know i look back just as, as, as you and as many other people empathize listening on the uh, 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 to the broadcast it when i look back i i studied acting and i took lessons and i listened to comedians um obsessively in my car about how they were crafting their material i listened to people from zig ziglar to to whoever else yeah. in terms of um business speakers and concepts that were being put across and then i went and lived them on horseback uh being dumped at seven o'clock in the morning by a racehorse into the hedge uh, and then being screamed at by the trainer and then i then i checked it all out at 100 meters under the ocean you know and then i started bringing it back into the corporate world and that takes a bit of time and you probably still haven't heard of me uh, but uh, it uh, you know we're not all going to be seth godin or anthony robbins and, and that's fine we're all making a different contributions we'll make our different contributions but but those those dues are often are often going to have to be paid now that's not to make it sound like some old guy making out that the only way to get ahead in life is discipline and hard work, although that probably is true. It's really to say is reassurance. Um, as reassurance, it's okay if, if, if you haven't made it at, uh, at a young age. And also, give up with the with the lifestyle and i, I mean it, it there's the, the, there are times when you just can't do the lifestyle because 
yeah, you're not willing to invest the time to earn the money to do that because you've got a bigger dream to pursue. So if we are speaking now to some any entrepreneur, but potentially younger, um, no, in fact, you know, I'm going to take that back because I know I know lawyers who are my age who who became lawyers with me who still tell me they can't pursue their dreams uh, because they can't give up the big money. I say no, you just can't give up the big house and the nice car. You can give it all up. You know, you it, that, go 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 do it. Um, so so we we will sometimes have to make real life choices and the. Instagram idea of everyone's made it overnight whilst wearing the top brands whilst X it's just you know that's clearly it's nonsense so so let's yeah. uh, let's let's be focused place the bet gather great people around us be humble be curious be be, be knowing that we're going to fall over and and, um, and bruise ourselves more ego hopefully than anything else but that that will all take us in the direction yeah yeah it's- makes a lot of sense and i'm curious you know do you tie in when you're on stage doing your talks and stuff do you talk about your free diving experience and things like that any any examples of your own life experience you know overcoming these challenges free diving is uh is a a beautiful metaphor and i and i mean i didn't realize how beautiful when i took it on um uh, i took it on for a number of reasons um not least of which my eldest daughter was uh, very unwell at the time so i, I raised some money for um uh, uh pediatric medical research at the time but the um the metaphor of literally leaving the comfort zone and going into what I call the confusion zone. All right, it's rehearsed. You, you've practiced, so it's not entirely confusing. But you're going into a realm of uncertainty, uh, an, an incredibly hostile environment, and yet uh, an incredibly beautiful environment. Uh, at 100 meters, you're receiving the biggest hug. Uh, it's, it's 100 meters is 11 times the Earth's atmospheric pressure. That's 33 times the atmosphere change coming into land uh, at an airport. And you're doing it over 60 seconds uh, and not in a pressurized container. I mean, it's it's right. amazing. You're literally being hugged by the planet. But the primary the primary um, challenge for the freediver is mental and emotional discipline and control. I have to override the system telling me to run away. So, so it's an act of mindfulness and meditation, and it's an act of remaining in my frontal cortex, right. never going anywhere near my amygdala, being entirely in charge of what neurotransmitters and hormones uh, are, are active in my system. And should I lose, even if something goes wrong and I move from a potential anxiety, which I avoid, into real fear because something has happened, even then, I do not benefit from releasing adrenaline. In most situations we do, and a free dive, we do not. So so that control becomes um, vital. So it's a, a, a miniature exercise mm-hmm. in moving from certainty into uncertainty and, and an a undeniably hostile, if incredibly beautiful environment rather like a mountain incredibly beautiful incredibly dangerous environment um going through extraordinary physical change where the primary job that you have uh, to succeed um is the ability to mentally and physically uh, and emotionally retain control so it's a wonderful um, metaphor and, and the way i use it on stage I'll, I'll show the film of my dive and i'll invite everyone to come and hold their breath and i'll make the point <laughs> the breath holding is actually the easiest part uh, the mental part is big and then the the managing of pressure change is 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 the huge technical exercise um and the breath hold is, is really housekeeping but so i'll invite them to hold their breath and we'll go on this journey together but during that i'll talk about the importance of making a decision to leave the comfort zone behind and move to the other side even if we keep um, the day job or whatever other elements people may need to be considering alive, 
whilst we whilst we do the transfer, um, we have to commit to get to the other side because the risk, of course, um, if I decide I'm going to go to 80 meters and, ha- and stop there and have a little think and see if I like it, well, yeah, I may not feel like good at 80 meters if I stop and have a think about it. Uh, I, I'm probably better just to move past that point and get on with the job and and come home. <laughs> and similarly, you know, going going through any adventure of change. There's going to be some really rocky days, and that's real, and that's live, and that's why we admire people who've been through this journey, and um, and we make movies about people who've been through it on an extreme level, and the, they because they they have had to go to places and dig deep, get up early, stay up there working harder late, uh, make make I'm not going to say sacrifices, but some big priority decisions uh, in order to get to the other side. If we don't make that commitment to cross. The, the the gorge of the confusion zone to reach the, the sunny uplands, uh, we will we'll quit and we'll either come home and get a job back in the safe zone, or we'll quit somewhere in the middle, never never really knowing what our true potential was. So so I like to use a dive to answer your question, Adam, uh, in a in a long answer there, uh, because I wanted to talk a little about the dive as you raised it. Um, I, the way I use it um, most on stage is to talk about the uh, the commitment required. I have to decide at the beginning okay, we're doing this now, we're going to 100 metres and we're coming home, unless there's a big emergency, then I'm going <laughs> to bail out. But if it all goes well, I've got to have the mental capacity and the decision to go through that. There's no point at the start of this thinking I'm going to go to 80% and see how it's going because yeah. 80%, anything could be happening on 80% of the journey. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that. You got 100% commit, prepare yourself. Um, it's an interesting process. What's the deepest you ever have gone? 101, the record. I wanted to be the first Brit past 100. I knew that somebody would break my record, right? Because that's that's the deal. But I thought if I pass 100 and I'm the first guy to do that, uh, first person to do that from my country, uh, I can always say that at dinner parties as an old guy. I can always say, well, I'm, I was the first to pass 100. <laughs> I can never say that away from me. So like, it was not, not as impressive, but kind of like a four-minute mile, right? I mean, that was seriously impressive. But uh, kind of, kind of, I thought I'd, I'd always have that little thing. So it's 101 was the deepest. Yeah, um, wow. It's on a global scale. It's not, uh, it's not super impressive. But but for, uh, for me, uh, it was it was impressive i think it's impressive i mean i've seen the 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 deep diving um uh, through some videos and stuff and it is i I can imagine as you're really getting down there and you feel the pressure the silence and you're really that's intense i can imagine the panic that can overcome you yeah except that it mustn't i mean it is intense it's beautiful it's beautiful it's i if I've created an impression of it being anything other than stunning, I've, I've done a poor job. It's an exercise in mindfulness and meditation yeah. and being utterly present um, in in mental discipline. You know, I can't have the luxury of a little uh, drama moment. Uh, I've got no one to blame. There's, there's utter accountability and responsibility. I have a tremendous team on the surface who have worked with me on this and will support me should anything go wrong, but they can't do the dive for me. Um, they can't uh, be in charge of how I conduct myself uh, far away from them uh, at, at the most critical points. So I have huge responsibility and accountability. Um, and so it's uh, a little bit like I, I learned to fly recently and I, and I um, went solo in a helicopter. And, uh, it was a little bit, it really reminded me of that because there's a moment when the instructor gets out and you've got utter accountability for this slightly flammable bomb uh, above other people's houses and uh and, and, and you've just got to get forget you you've been uh, you've got to get yourself uh, back right for everybody underneath you it's a it's a i like going to those places where i have to um 
deny my natural ability, and I certainly have the natural ability, uh, to let what I call the tiger overwhelm that that force that says back off, you can't do it. Right, um, right. Move back into the comfort zone. I, I I like testing those places, and it's critical, I think, uh, for my job that I have been there. Yeah, no, I mean, overcoming those things, I always found that exciting too. I like to do push the boundaries and stuff like that. So I have a respect for people that are out there doing that kind of that deep, that free diving and those things are pretty intense. And uh, so I always found it interesting. Um, And, you know, I, I, you know, as you think about being an entrepreneur and running your business, it's kind of like, you know, how deep do you go? And are you 100% committed? Because I, I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs really will, um, they they tend to have that fear factor that we've been discussing. And because of that, they end up playing it safe. Like, I don't want to get too crazy. So I'm just going to test the water. I'm just going to go in a little bit. And so everything becomes half-ass and it ends up really uh, creating more problems than good because they're not 100% committed and they're constantly playing it safe out of fear. That's really interesting. I mean, we have to be when you say playing it safe, I think it's important people take bets that they are willing to lose on the downside of uh, and can tolerate that Uh, convert. So so playing it safe in that regard. Yes. Playing it safe, however, as in just 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 holding back, not fully committing. um, uh, And uh, yeah, that 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 is um, that's that's a different conversation. I think I think that's very dangerous. That's like uh, um, going into a a free dive uncommitted. I mean, you, you could you could. there are certain things you need to you need to know you're going to go and do and i I think that's definitely the case with with entrepreneurship and then i think with for entrepreneurs i would always say forget this for any for anyone i'd always say work with a mentor and now this doesn't need to be a paid coach uh, but it could be that's that's the paid coach's job but that, that job of the mentor who's been there before or the paid coach is to challenge the perceptions why are you seeing this as a risk why are you seeing that you can't do that yes um because we will put these barriers up and it can be extreme why are you saying you can't walk across and speak to that senior person or that 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 <laughs> that person to whom you are attracted why 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 are you saying that uh, and that can be a, and what, what have you got to lose if you did and and those can be very important questions that can help us uh, catapult forwards a uh, catapult forwards so don't do this in isolation and, and that comes back to humility knowing how to ask for help which we were not taught to do we were taught to get it right first time independently at our desk the smartest in the class better than everybody else this was the prized position right right back to the beginning of our conversation and now i find the people who are really rattling ahead are the people who turn up look willing to look the dimmest in a meeting now they've done their work they're not actually dim but they are willing to ask the big the big open help me understand educate me questions uh, rather and and then go off and deploy that alongside their own mighty skills uh rather than coming in uh looking looking to show off their skills and leave having acquired no more so there's a tremendous amount of humility that, that that comes with um learning taking risks entering into uncertainty and uh, if we're not able to to um uh, to demonstrate that humility our ego needs needs something else i think we have we have a problem uh, a, a problem an existential problem as an entrepreneur yeah yeah you know i i'll wrap up on this note but i some of the things that i've read which are similar like you talked about going in the room being willing to ask what some might say is a dumb question or whatever um you know it's 
this act of also just the willingness to be vulnerable, right? Putting yourself out there. And so many people do, want yeah, yeah. To, they want to hide in the back of the classroom or, you know, they don't want to be the one to put their hand up because God forbid they get the answer wrong and they look stupid. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, that vulnerability yeah. is part of it too, I guess. I think it's the it's the other side of exactly the same coin. You've you've you, you've put your finger on it. If we're going to create change, we've got to, which includes setting up a, a successful business to, to to create whatever that may be. We have to do things that no one's ever done, and that certainly we've never done. That means, by definition, risk and uncertainty. And if you put me out there in public, surrounded by risk that I might get this wrong, uncertain as to how to act, I'm by definition, uh, in an extremely vulnerable, naked position. Uh, and uh, if I'm not willing to go out there and and tolerate that and have some strategies for surviving with other people who can hold my hand in that position, um, then I, 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 I am at risk as to my success. Yeah, exactly. It is vulnerability. It is vulnerable. And that's why we admire it. And that's why when you when you speak to someone successful, uh, unless, as in some major figures, they inherited it from their fathers and may or may not have enhanced that fortune over time. Um, if, if it's somebody who's gone from the bottom and made it, they've got time for you. They're very yeah. hard. <laughs> Genuinely, yeah. generally, they might not have time for you for a lazy slacker who's clearly not doesn't mean they're going to contribute anything because that's against their ethos. But if you're turning up humble and clearly willing to work and interested and, and asking big questions, I've never met one of those folk who was not humble and willing mm-hmm. to engage in a conversation with me. Interesting. Interesting. Well, Jim, I really appreciate it. I mean, I love these conversations. I think it's so important. Um, You know, one of the things I've learned over many years of doing business and stuff is a lot of it comes down to the way we think and how we respond to challenges and situations and, you know, with the mindset Um, and the tactical part and the strategy part, we can all figure out, right? It's just really how are we responding to those things and approaching them. So I find these conversations to be super valuable and I appreciate you sharing your experience and expertise. Adam, it's been a huge pleasure. Great fun to meet you and talk with you. And I wish you and your listeners every possible success. Thank you very much. We'll talk soon again. That's all for this episode. Your next step is to join the change creator revolution by downloading our interactive digital magazine app for premium content, exclusive interviews, and more ways to stay on top of your game. Available now on iTunes and Google Play or visit changecreatormag.com. We'll see you next time where money and meaning intersect right here at the Change Creator Podcast.